guys all for coming out. This is the first in a three-part public art lecture slash discussion series. This is going to be intro to public art. We're gonna talk about the process of getting public art in Savannah approved, and then also we're gonna to try to broaden it out, broaden the conversation out to basically a bunch of different things. So today, we're gonna to talk about just public art in Savannah. And I have my esteemed guests here. Clinton Administrator here to my left is the owner of Starlandia and the administrator of the Starland Mural Project. I'm gonna let him explain a little more about that in a second. Uh, Ryan Charles is with the Metropolitan Planning Commission um, and he is the staff that analyzes the public art applications for the Metropolitan Planning Commission. And then Jose Ray, who is an artist and muralist, DJ, children's book author, and all that sort of thing. I'm gonna let them introduce themselves and give them a little more background on themselves. And then we're gonna look at some slides about some public art projects that have been done in Savannah. And then we're gonna do a, a little bit of a discussion about public art, uh, and I'm gonna let Ryan explain what the process is of applying for public art projects. And then at the end, we're gonna open it up for questions. If anyone has questions, technical questions, or just what you think uh, should happen in Savannah, what you think shouldn't happen in Savannah. I should also say, I'm the vice chair of the Torque Site Monument Commission, which is the approving body of public art. So I sit on the commission that approves or disproves of public art projects. So I have a little a little bit of knowledge on it, uh, and, but between all of us, hopefully we can answer questions and have a little bit of discussion. But Clinton, would you like to explain just a little bit about yourself and like kind of your relation to public art, etc.? Don't yes. give everybody your full bio. I'm so nervous. All right. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming out. And thank you, Chris. And thank, thank you, Lizette. And thank you, City of Savannah and City of Lehman Mayor, for building this wonderful building. Here we go. Hi, Maggie. All right. So I own Starlandia Supply, um, which I have, I guess, for the last five years. Before that, I was the executive director of Art Rise Savannah, um, which we worked on. And then before that, I moved here to Savannah about nine, almost ten years ago now, which seems so long ago. It's a long time. It's a long time. And for the first two years, I was with, I was in a bubble. I was in a scab bubble, so I didn't really know what was going on. Um, and then sort of after breaking out of there, really not long after that, I got involved in the arts through DeSoto Row, which eventually became Art Rate Savannah. Um, and that was all kind of in the Starland District. Um, and then. Basically, 60 art marches later, which is like five years and a lot of work. <laughs> do you want to explain, not to get too much on, into it, but do you want to explain a little bit about Art Rise and what, what was yeah, going on? Yeah, so Art Rise, I can't really remember what the mission is anymore because I'm just like... I'm, it was a bunch of art stuff. It was a bunch of art stuff. Art Rise is like a, Art Rise is, was, really was a nonprofit dedicated to help, um, really kind of like trying to jumpstart the arts economy in Savannah. The way we did that was the information space, and we did the first Friday art march down in the Starland District, and we connected. We did that for literally 60 months in a row, which is crazy. Never commit to a monthly project. Just don't do it. But it was also amazing and incredibly effective, um, and when we stopped coordinating it, it continued on through its own inertia, which I think is the epitome of a successful project. Sulphur Studios has kind of taken up the mantle It's kind of, of a distributed sulphur for sure, but it's also like the mantle that has been distributed, which I think is um, incredible. Um, and then we also did gallery shows, and we also did some funding and, and talked about information about arts. Um, and so that really sort of, A, got me interested in sort of like policies in Savannah, um, got involved sort of with the government side of Savannah, um, and also just got to know a lot of artists, uh, a lot of business owners, um, 
got to really kind of understand how the city worked in downtown um, because we had to make it work because it wasn't really working. Um, and so that was that we was talk more about that later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was hugely important, and then about five years ago, I started Starlandia Supply, um, and then about a year after that, um, I left ArtRise, and, then, and uh, I've been at Starlandia working on that for uh, about five years. And do you want to just uh, give a brief sort of snapshot of what the Starlandia mural project is? Yes. The so Starland mural project is uh, eight artists, eight projects, and about eight weeks, although that's probably going to take a little bit longer. Um, we're painting um, eight... Uh, roughly 2,000 square foot, or yeah, uh, 200 square foot murals um, along the walls of the old Starland Dairy. Um, the project uh, started, I think, as most best art projects do, um, through frustration and anger um, that there was just simply not enough public <laughs> art in that. Savannah. No, really, I was in bed and I was like, mm, we need more. <laughs> and so I just woke up and I was like, all right, this is this is, this is how I'm going to structure it, and this is what we're going to do. Um, and so we've done that. Um, we are priming the walls on Saturday. We have approved, we've gotten approval from Historic Sites and Monuments Commission. It was a unanimous approval. We got, like, it, very unanimous. Uh, it's very, uh, we've gotten uh, funding from the city of Savannah's We Would Dream. Uh, I think we're close to about like $9,000 in, in sponsorship for the project um, and fairly close to our goal. The point of this, it is a temporary mural project, so the murals aren't gonna be up for very long, uh, about a year, but the point of it is to demonstrate that murals are possible in Savannah. Um, there is funding for it, there are structures in place for it, there are plenty of artists, um, and there are plenty of walls that need some TLC. Um, and so really, we made these shirts that say, make making murals cool again. And I think that really gets to sort of the, the, the bottom line of what we're trying to do is we don't want to- You wore that to the committee meeting too. I though. did, I did. Yeah, it was great. They're really good form-fitting shirts, they look great. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but really the, the, the idea behind that is that we're not just making some cool murals because that's not necessarily a sustainable thing. What is gonna be more sustainable is to make making murals cool again is to get you guys excited about making murals. Do you want to be cool? Do you want to be cool in your friends, with your friends? Then make a mural, because your friends will think you're cool if we're successful with this project. I mean, honestly, that, that's part of what I, uh, my motivation for, for trying to have this conversation is, I don't want you guys to just like sit here and like have a fun conversation and then go home. It would be great if, if somebody, more than one person wants to go out and start creating a project after this. Um, so if we can help, any way we can, that would be awesome. So we're gonna loop back to that. Thanks. Um, Ryan, do you wanna give a little bit more of a background of yourself and like your, as it relates to public art and what your role is at the uh, NBC? Sure, so I'm Ryan Jarles. Um, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Um, I'm the Cultural Resources Planner for the Metropolitan Planning Commission. I'm the only one with that title there. Um, so that's a lot of responsibility. What I do is I'm a staff person for the Historic Site and Monument Commission. Um, before that, I've only been that for um, seven months, so don't think that I've been um, doing that for a long time, but it's super important. Um, before that, I was actually working in the national parks for um, as a historic preservationist, uh, mainly on masonry ports. Um, so not a huge art background, um, but when I started at the Metropolitan Planning Commission um, back in March, 
there was nobody staffing the Historic Site Monument Commission, so I took on that role and I chose to do that. Um, and so since then I've been kind of trying to work to clean it up and make it an easier and better process, because right now it's very difficult. Not a lot of people even know that we exist or what we do exist. So I can talk about that. It is a little bit of a complicated process. Not, the process isn't complicated, yeah. but it, it can be complicated. And I think we're going to try to like simplify that a little bit. So Ryan's our technical expert. <laughs> um, and if there are any political questions that come up, you know, you can defer. OK, I'll do that. <laughs> so uh, Jose, do you want to give a little bit about your background? You have a, a, a vast background, but you have a, a, a big uh, background in public art in Savannah, so maybe people I'll, I'll try to I'll try to sum that up yeah. uh, thank you all for coming out my name is Jose Ray I came to Savannah to attend SCAD in the painting and illustration department in August of 2007 decided I just I loved it here just the environment the uh, the climate it suited me so well and there wasn't a lot of public art at that time we just had a lot of old buildings that we could go paint on and we we were doing so quite often and it was legally or illegally? Legally, legally. Of course. Some people may have been doing illegal stuff, but that was not me. So, so we were doing these things, and you know, we were kind of like getting getting a crew together and, and having a lot of fun with this, and then you know, we getting a lot of uh, commentary from the community. But then all of a sudden, they just started being whitewalled. Like we would go out, paint a thing, come back the next day, and it would just be it would be gone. And, I'm sure you can imagine like how frustrating and devastating that might be, spending you know all this time on it. Um, and so we would we would go to these different organizations around town, you know, the city council, to the police department, and no one seemed to know who was doing it. So they we worked through with them, especially Matt Hevermill and Dr. Z, who are have both moved away from here now, but uh, were huge huge artists in the Savannah scene for quite some time. Both of those, uh, I know Matt, not to interrupt, but I know oh, yeah. Matt was, was very helpful in uh, writing the Absolutely. mural proposal yeah. that we have now, which I don't think happened until 2011 or 2011. Yeah. yeah. And it was, be, it was because of that. So what we, what we got back from them as well, uh, what needs to be, there needs to be parameters set in place. So that's what we tried to set up so that if we go through this process, then we're covered. You know, we, we have the, the COA boards, we reach out to the members of the neighborhood, you know, everyone involved, and we just cover our tracks that way. So if it gets whitewalled afterwards, we're like, whoa, hey, something something is not right here. We, we, we did our due diligence. I mean, and it's, I moved here in 2013, and it, it's kind of, honestly, it's kind of crazy to me that there was no mural policy in place until 2011 or 12. But that's neither here nor there now. Um, so I also, I, I will, I'll mention this, right at the outset. So uh, the Historic Site Monument Commission meets 12 times a year, once a month. Um, and the last th the last meeting we had, but the previous three meetings were canceled because we didn't have any applications. And out of the remaining meetings in, the, in any 12 month period, half of them were historic markers and name changes and stuff. So there's only a handful of public art projects that even come through. Now part of that is because I think some people don't know they're supposed to do it, but in other times it's just there are just not that many projects out there, and people will always come to me and say, "Why? Why aren't there more public art projects? Why? Why doesn't somebody do this? Why doesn't somebody do this?" I'm like, go do it. <laughs> Don't wait for something to happen. Like, go make it happen. Um, but anyway, so I just thought that was striking that there's just we had three canceled meetings in a row because there's just nothing going on. 
Um, but to start out the questions, um, I wanted, Ryan, if you could just kind of give a brief overview of if you want to do a public art project in Savannah, like let's just say a mural, because that's an easy, simple thing. Um, what would I do? What would someone do? The first step. Um, you don't have to is, give the gritty details. But just, I'll just go real fast. Yeah. Um, you could either go to our website, which is thempc.org, or come to me directly. You could come to our office at 110 East State Street. We're under that very large parking garage. Um, that's my office down there. Um, and it's, it's really a simple process. Um, you have to fill out an application, which is just literally name, location, mural, title, mural, general description. And then with that, you, have, you also get um, like an instructions sheet. And it word for word tells you exactly what you have to provide to us. Um, and so you just kind of gather all that up, put it into a nice big packet, and you would provide that to me. Um, it's required that you provide it to 30 days before a meeting date. So if you're going to like a November 7th meeting, we would have to have it by October 10th. Um, so it's not a very long um, review process either, it's only 30 days. I mean, in that review, it's not like we're going through and telling you, well, we don't really like this blue color or something like that. It's, it's more or less just us trying to figure out if that item is fitting to the location that you've um, chosen. So does this mural fit on that building in a way that's visually pleasing and doesn't distract people driving by? Um, and it was decided by the board that it was okay. So yeah, and we don't go through and like nitpick about the design choices or anything like that. That's not part of the process. No. And then if it's on a public building or public site, that's something that even beyond the Historic Site Monument Commission would then, um, that commission would then provide a recommendation to city council. And so that mural would then have to be seen by city council um, before it goes on to that public property. But um, most of what we get is usually on private property and it's something that's only seen by the Historic Site Monument Commission. So it's a super quick process, mostly when people do it. <laughs> Sometimes you do get um, what we call offensive murals. So that's the only thing to really stop someone is if that mural um, provides offensive information or is scary, I guess, in the public. And then the largest thing that we really um, look for is public output. So there's always a 15-day posting prior to any meeting to allow for the public. Anyone just walking down the street can see the sign and call me and give me their input, which then I would provide to the board at that point. So good, bad, a lot of bad input always comes in, so that's fun too. But um, that's pretty much. Yeah, it. I think. I mean, I think that's one of the. Uh, to me, that seems like one of the primary functions of that commission is to sort of evaluate public opinion. So it's a, it's a, it's an opportunity for people to speak for or against something. And I will say there have been, I would say, with maybe one or two exceptions, which we won't name. Uh, every public art project that I've in the five years I've been on there. There, like I said, there, there was one or two exceptions, and I'm sure maybe people know what those are. We're not going to go into that. Um, Jose, would you do you want to just tell a little bit about like the process that you've gone through? Do you and you can be honest if it's been hard or everything else there has been a lie. Like in your public art projects for Savannah, because I know that you've come before the commission a couple of times. Like what what you know what's been your experience? Do you think that there are um, any tips for people going through the process? What do you, anything you want Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy now, now that I've gone through it a couple of times. It's a little daunting at first, you know, if you're going to like city official buildings, standing up at the podium or whatnot, but. We like to sit up on it. Yeah, yeah, it's just like you're on Judge Judy, kind of. You're, you know, you're 
you're in, you're in there. Um, but the crew is very nice now. You panhandle Slim the other day was like, man, the, the, the board is so like so cool these days. So yeah. <laughs> thank you. We try. Um, you try, yeah. They, they really just want to see. Uh, of course, you need some type of sketch for what your proposal is going to look like, and usually a, a screenshot of a, the map. They want to see what's there. I mean, sometimes like the surrounding area, and and you can also call for support from the community. Right, yeah, so if, if you- Definitely solicit them. Yeah, I mean, I think House of Strut was a big supporter and Two Tides for, for the Starland project going on now. So if there, there are businesses in there that are excited about it also, of course you want to get their input and that's going to help help you along just a little further. And it, does make, it does make a big impact when people- Yeah, absolutely, if you can get that kind of backing. And I remember like back when I first started, I mean, the main thing was just that if it's in a neighborhood, and not so much like a commercial space, then, then a, if a resident has concern with it, you've, you've got to find some, some middle ground there somehow. But, that, but that's what it's about, right? So that you're not, they're just getting slapped in the face with this art that they don't appreciate. It, it gives them a chance to speak out on it. We, you know, kind of, we can come to an agreement somehow or some way. I don't know if that's as much, but I remember early on, that was a, like a lot where we were kind of figuring that stuff out. There definitely have, has been a couple of contentious yeah. situations. We do provide also, on top of that, like 15 day posting, um, within that 15 days we contact everyone within a 200 foot radius of the property that the item will be a part of. So we at least get within that 200 foot radius the idea of how the community feels about that. And, and I'll add to that, like, that, that can be seen as a challenge sometimes, but I mean, for me, as an artist that does a lot of public art, for me, it's a really about looking at the space and making something for that space in that environment that's about or to engage the people that live there. So of course, if someone, or if the, the, the majority of the people that live there aren't feeling it, I've, I've definitely, I've missed my marks in, in a big way. So, so I always want to hear that and, you know, and, and make those adjustments because, that, I mean, in my opinion, that's what public art should be. It should be somehow engaging and referencing that space or the history of that space or even you know the current um, activities that happen there i mean i think that's an excellent point i was going to make that later too is like particularly murals as we're talking about is a good way to sort of express the character of a neighborhood or a community etc and if you're not doing that then then maybe something's wrong uh that's a good segue into the starling mural project as well because you, you um you guys I, I was really impressed personally with the diversity of the murals that are being presented. Some of them are just sort of aesthetically pleasing. Some of them have sort of more of a message. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? And also, uh, just, yes. yeah, go ahead. Um, well, I think that was, that was uh, again, so like this is a demonstration project of like of what murals could look like. And so it's a demonstration project of what a mural application should look like. Like the whole thing we're trying to do with this project is kind of set like a gold standard that will hopefully, you know, like be taken over by, by the next project. Um, but, you know, from the amount that we're paying the artists to the type of application we put in to um, the insurance and the safety and the, the, the spectrum of art um, and the backgrounds of all the different artists involved, um, I keep trying to come back to, you know, what should mural making in Savannah look like in five years and if it could just be just so much more richer than it is now. Um, would be really nice. There's not a lot going on. I mean, I personally, I'll, I'll bike around and walk around and be like, 
there's a Kansas, there's a Kansas. Like we need hundreds, you know? Like we need hundreds. If you're not thinking at that level, then you're not on board. You know, you need, we need hundreds of murals, you know? Lots. And so, I, so I'll mention two other things. Uh, the the Starland Mural Project is one good uh, project that's happening. There's also um, Arts on Waters, which is being um, administered by the Cultural Resources Department. Um, that's gonna happen on November 16th at Waters and 36th, 37th. Um, and that's, it's gonna be the, the um, Family Justice Center, if you all are familiar with that. Um, so right now, that the, the applications are open until October the 15th. Which is soon. Um, there's two. There's three storefronts. There's four storefront uh, spaces that are available, and then one mural. And there are artist stipends and money available for uh, materials and all that sort of thing. We can talk about that a little more later. Um, there's Get in there, you, you young students in the back. We need to see your proposals. So there is, and there is money for uh, for materials plus an artist stipend. So you, you won't be doing it for free. Um, there's also yes, that's we so want, critical. Yes, we, like we've got to. People like, need to get paid for their art. That's why, like, you you could have put me on the second of these talks, gonna <laughs> talk about funding, because right. that's where my mind is right now. Is that like this is an industry? Funding is this a really is a, important element. It's, it's like funding is like I hate to say it, but money makes the world go round, you know. And right. like money is what pays for paint, pays for time. It pays not only for your talent, but for your ability, Jose, and say you're too take time out of your day where you could be making money somewhere else right. and do the mural. You know, there's an opportunity cost for artists. You're not just, you know, doing something for free, you're actually losing money. And as a writer who, uh, you know, I don't work for free, and when someone says, oh, but you'll get some exposure, I don't need exposure, I need to pay the rent. Actually, you so, can spend an exposure at Starland. Yeah, we'll I got take exposure. exposure. <laughs> you know, I, I got that covered, I need money. Um, so let's, and Clinton said that we could talk about this. There is a, a task force being, um, being formed right now for CAT, Chatham Area Transit, for a public art, um, I keep going to more questions with Clinton, I'm gonna spread it around. But yeah, He just has the most personality, but we have, Clinton. Clinton. But we have, and I am, a, I am part of that task force, so I, I'll, you know, just to say that. But um, do you wanna mention a little bit about that? How much can we mention, and what can we say? We can mention whatever we wanna hold the CAT board accountable for. Okay, you said so. <laughs> Oh no, I'm gonna get myself in trouble. That's <laughs> fine, the board's crazy. I don't crazy. think there's anybody here. No, no. Um, but yeah, Kat, um, you know, and so, uh, so people that make murals are gonna be cool people. So who needs to be cool? Kat needs to be cool. So Kat, I'm really pushing Kat to do, who rides the bus? Exactly. So, so the only way that you'll probably, you probably, nobody hears a lot of really positive information from Kat. You know, it's public transit, it's just, sometimes it's just kind of a drag, it's super complicated. Um, you're on the board, you're really, I am. you're really I a mean, booster for Kat. But also, like, Kat does some amazing stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And so one great way to tell that story is through art, because people love art, and people love artists. And, and so, like, if I can push Kat into doing more public art, supporting that, or even just saying, okay, to letting art happen on cat property, then that creates a story for you guys who are non-writers um, to connect with cat in a positive way. And so I think that's the that's the that's for me uh, an, an incredible power um, that cat and many institutions of Savannah have not realized is simply there. It's incredibly cost-effective, and it is it's it's really effective at 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 making people feel better about change. 
because I think it's, we're, we're, it's, a, it's art, especially public art, it's kind of about telling a story of who we are all the time, all the time. And, and so the idea is that we're trying, and actually Rob Hessler is here, and he's part of this effort as well. Um, we're, the idea is to have public art murals on a select number of bus stops. That's yes. the goal. So we have a task force to figure that out, and that's about as far as we got so far. Yes. <laughs> this is all. This is all happening now. But it's kind of cool because, like, between the cat thing and the Sterling mural thing and the Art on Waters thing, and then this thing, and then I don't know something else. And uh, more stuff that's going to happen out of this. Like things are happening in public art. Um, so I want to just broaden it out. We're going to have a few questions, and, if, and then if we're going to have some uh, audience questions. If you all have any ideas of of projects you'd like to do and you have questions or if you have technical questions. We have a, a, a microphone up here, I think, because we're being recorded. Probably we get that figured out. So, so I did, but I did, there's, a couple, there's a couple of quick things that I want to put to. I'm not going to ask Clinton first because he's definitely going to chime in. I'm, I'm actually, so I have a couple of, I'm not going to ask all these things that I wrote down. But there's a few, there's a few ideas that I kind of wanted to touch on. It's just a, kind of a general opinion question, and Ryan, I don't know if you, you can weigh in, I don't know if you are able to answer this, but I mean, are there are there projects that you all have seen that you really loved, excluding your own, that you would like to see more of? Stick with the ones that Yeah, so like with the Starland being a, a temporary wall, and you had mentioned earlier the, uh, the miracle on 34th Street that was over there on Haversham and 34th. It was a wall that we had access to, and that's where we first actually experienced some of the whitewalling, and we had to figure out what was going on there. But it was a rotating mural wall, so every three months, maybe? Maybe, I think it was quarterly, a new artist would come in and work on the wall, but they, we wouldn't just whitewall and start over again. We would somehow take what was already there and work off of that, so it was really gorgeous to see this thing kind of grow over time. So. I think it just kept everyone that's, that saw it and like everyone in the community there involved in it and, and knowing like, oh, that was the last artist. I, this, I can see this is the new artist, what is what's happening here. And for me, I mean, collaboration has been a huge part of why I'm doing this and just me growing as an artist, being able to work off of someone pushes you to think a little differently, pushes you outside your comfort zone, pushes you from going back to your like default motions. So I just thought that was really great. And it's always moving, it's constantly moving. So maybe if you're like, oh, that was not my favorite, it's gonna change again in a few months and it will keep progressing. And I think if once the public kind of realizes that, they just kind of roll with that. And it has to go through the same process, each, each part of it. Um, so yes, I would love to see that happen again. So we're, this is a temporary mural, but just temporary, it's gonna be gone. Not temporary, where it's like constantly, constantly moving. I, 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 I think other other cities do have. Uh, I mean, other cities have these those types of like rotating mural. I think that's a great idea. And and also, I mean, I, there's the whole thing with the historic, you know, historic uh, zone, which I don't want to mess with that either. And I really like, I really find it quite perturbing when, like, a new fresh batch of artists, you know, maybe some of them students coming from out of town, and they like are in a street art and want to make their name, and they go just like, put something up on a historic building. I'm like, come on, you guys. Like, you're not helping any of us out here. That's going to be gone immediately. You're, I mean, that thing doesn't work anymore. That, that building, let's just leave that there. other places 
Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So just a little further out, Midtown or, you know, past or, you know, the south end of the historic area, we have tons of walls, tons of walls just sitting there. And probably like architectural and, you know, business owners, um, property owners who would like to bring attention to these buildings, like the Starlin building. So I, I mean, what it kind of sounds like is that like there's, there's a, there, there's a, there's a process for murals like this. There's a process for large murals that are going to stay for a long time. Um, I think there also needs to be open walls in Savannah where you can just go and paint. You can just go and paint and paint over anybody else's stuff, and that's the social contract. Everybody who on that wall paints. It's a big wall. You just paint whatever the heck you want to paint on that wall. Oh my gosh, it's a cuss word. God forbid somebody paints over it the next day. You know, it's just like a a, a hugely volatile public art wall because we don't have enough artists that know how to paint at this scale. Um, we need more of them. This is the the Starland Mural Project. Um, is like is a is a great way of introducing a lot of new artists to this large scale, and we need more. We need more at that scale. Free form kind of like practice wall yeah, almost. Totally. Where, you can, where you can get your stripes kind of yes. working big like that. Yes, it's good idea. Because it's a unique medium. Yeah. You know, like you know, like it's, it's bigger paintbrushes. It's spray paint. You know, people don't use these things. You know, when you're working on a smaller scale. So if we want high quality stuff, we got to let people practice somewhere, and it can't be. I love the process, but it can't be like. All right, now you've got 30 days to wait. And what's the theme? There is no theme. You know, like, it's a line. <laughs> well, then, so I'm, I'm going to open it up to audience questions after this, but you kind of you segued into another issue I was going to talk about. Um, and I'm going to remain neutral on this subject because I'm the vice chair of the commission. But there was a previous um, um, commission member who repeatedly brought up the idea of um, why it's so, it, it's reasonable to have these restrictions in the historic district. And I think most everybody agrees with that. He argued that it should not be as restrictive in areas like Southside or other areas that seem to be, that would need beautification. Um, thoughts? It didn't, I mean, it, it, it was just a thought. It hasn't been codified or anything like that. But Ryan, I know you probably can't comment on that. <laughs> Hands are tied. So, I, mean, I think I know who it is, but I'm not going to yeah, say his name. Yeah, let's not say. Ooh, but I mean, what an opinion. <laughs> but, I mean, he brought it up repeatedly. I mean, it didn't go anywhere, but I mean, we need more opinions like that. The crazier opinion you've got, then the crazier my not so crazy opinions don't seem that crazy anymore. So, I mean, it um, doesn't seem to me, I, would, I will say this, that it doesn't seem, I mean, it seems reasonable to have less restrictions. Are you, are you familiar with the pink zone? Is anybody familiar with, uh, with like the concept of the pink zone? So um, it's basically where uh, the whole idea is sort of like, so red tape is where there's a lot of bureaucracy. So pink tape would be maybe a little less bureaucracy. So pink zone is kind of where, let's say you take Waters Avenue and you turn that into a pink zone, the commercial area down, up and down Waters Avenue, which is already zoned TC2 or TC1. That's a great idea. And you say, all right, we're gonna make this a little bit easier on everybody. Um, we're going to have less parking restrictions. We're going to have no mural restrictions. We're going to um, we're just going to make it a lot. You can you know it's just if you need to build a building or you want to make a change, you can. You can make it a little bit easier. Um, and I think some areas to do that would be critical. Um, I think uh, handing over more of the control away from HSMC and to the neighborhood associations um, in those areas would be a great way to make sure that there's still like some sort of regulation. Um, but not like regulation, you know, like regulation with the lowercase r. Hmm. 
And that touches on some ideas like the, an arts overlay district and yeah. stuff like that, where maybe there's already parameters. For, uh, you know, I'm excited to see the city actually moving ahead with the art of modern. Yeah, because I've been been talked about. Manny, Manny would come and chat with me. Manny Dominguez, who's the economic development guy for the city or something like that. He's got a cool title. And he was like, what are we going to do on Waters? And I was like, murals, 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 murals. And we have been talking a lot about murals, but there are many other examples of public art, which, uh, but I don't want to be a bit worse. Did you have any other thoughts on that? I, I was talking with Panhead on Slim after that meeting, and he, he was in an interesting spot, it seemed like, because his stuff can be interpreted as signage at times or murals, and I remember that was a big thing. It had to be. I, I don't know. It had to be <laughs> determined first off if it was a, if it was signage, if it was public art, or if it were graffiti. So each of that had to be determined, like what what it was what it was. Well, signage is so as it just as it as it is in the laid out in the in the MPC slash HSMC. Signage is. If you're selling something, that's signage. Okay. Yeah. Everything else is public art. If it's art in the public realm, it's simple. Everything else is like business name. Obviously. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. signage. I mean, just because it has words Even on it doesn't make it signage. It's still signage. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the thing. Yeah. But like, depending on what was being said, or you know, like how it's that still, could be. It's still art. I mean, it's still public art. I mean, you brought that up at one of the meetings, and I was like, let's just. I it's love Panhandle art. Slim, but he he was arguing that it's not public art. And I'm like, if it's artistic and it's in the public realm, it's... What is art? Yeah, what is art? Anyway. Uh-oh, we're going to grad school here. Okay, so uh, it, I want to open it up if anyone has any questions, any ideas or of uh, like things that you... Uh, actually, I'm going to throw an idea out there. This is something I thought would be cool. I would love for someone to light the bridge, like have directional lighting up the bridge, like up the scaffolding and stuff, that would be awesome. Somebody could do that, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah Will really Penny did that at A-Town, he did a really cool oh, really? Uh, projection mapping on there, so it actually that. like went around the corners, I mean he's like the dude in town for doing that. And I love projection mapping, if you all know what that is, like basically it, it um, maps the contours of any given like structure and then projects light or whatever projection on yeah so the visuals those are it move like around and move with it not just like not just straight like, you stretch flat, across it's it yeah projection. it's actually interacting with it and those i mean i think that's a great example of temporary public art that doesn't absolutely it doesn't do anything to the to the facade or anything and it can come and go as it pleases i'm trying to think of another it seems like there was one bison jack he that, he did a lot of projection yeah. based stuff and actually at the same event he did a incredibly large projection. I mean, that thing was huge. Like, what, like 200 feet across? That was nuts. Um, but he also did a lot of smaller ones in downtown area, which, you know, is non-invasive. It's not like you don't have to change right. the wall right. at all. It can come and go and, like... Absolutely. It can be just an event, like, like that was just a one-night thing. Those are, those are awesome. They're magical when they're done. They, yeah, they really are. Super cool. They just sort of open up, like... And actually, Scad did one on the what they call the lantern, which is the the upper portion of their museum, and they projected on all four sides of it a different like light and uh, just like different geometric designs and stuff. And it looked awesome. Who here owns property in the city of Savannah? <laughs> all right. So I would say like go home, look at your house, <laughs> figure out which wall you hate the most. 
There's another, well, this is an idea. So I mean, I'll go ahead and throw this out too. There are so many blighted properties out there in Savannah that are just sitting there that to me, those are perfect opportunities to paint on them or to do a performance or to do a thing on the porch. Um, and I, I would love for the city to get on board of, I mean, cause I know that they're, um, they're taking properties and like demolishing them, but in, in, in the meantime, there's plenty of time that they could, they could be painted or any kind of sort of weird thing like the flowers that the flowers on the front of the building, which I think was really cool, or the moss left. Um, any other questions? Yeah, so there's kind of two issues that I wanted to see, maybe if you wanted to discuss a little bit, is like, um, the first thing is, is that when there's public art projects, and I've heard this from a few people now, from specifically generally elected officials, um, but I've heard it other places too, where there is sort of commentary on the notion of vandalism, which is of course nonsense, and then the, um, and actually I was at the Historic Sites and Monuments Commission meeting where those wings were brought before the, the committee and somebody, uh, one of the panelists or one of the people who was making the decision uh, was like, wow, I would like it a little bit more if it was like this or like that and was making some recommendations on the look of it. And so- um, That's not our job. Yeah, well I know that that's not your job, but one of the things is that these are human beings that are making these decisions and I think that, um, so one area that I would be kind of interested in, in um, hearing what you have to say about is like, how do you remove, essentially remove the government structure from making any of these decisions where you can essentially put together a, basically a public arts kind of like overlay or ordinance that just com is a comprehensive thing which includes all these things. So there's not, there, there isn't even a space for that argument. There isn't a space for the argument of, we can't put this amazing project up because we're worried about vandalism instead of having to have that argument all the time over and over again, that's one. And then the second thing is, now Clinton, you're a pretty visionary guy and you've done a great job fundraising for this, these murals and that's incredible. But a lot of people don't have that kind of like oomph to go out. They might be a, a terrific artist, but you get funding because through the power of your will, I'm just gonna say, through the power of your will, you get funding. Do make magic happen. Right, right, you make magic happen. That isn't the case for many, many people. So what, I mean, I would personally like to see is a dedicated public funding source that comes from the city one way or another that is actually accessible, kind of like a grant proposal where you're not dependent upon somebody going out there and being a salesman for their work, but rather if they put everything together, they can go out and they can actually get that money. So maybe the, the, the group of you experts would like to just kind of hit on those issues. Thanks for those questions. By the way, I will jump in and say that the second part of that we're gonna to touch on hopefully in the next uh, November meeting, but if you guys have thoughts. Well, so somebody was asking me the other day, they were like, uh, I can't remember what the question was, but I told them I think we need to be spending about 150 to $200,000 a year on public art at a minimum in this town every year. Um, and that'd be for murals and sculptures and maintenance of um, that much, which basically means that we could have about three or four people who have, like, they are muralists, they are public artists, they are our city's public artists. What do they do? They make murals. Um, they don't necessarily have site to put a part-time job on the side, but that's their job, is to sort of like consider and interpret now and help us understand it visually um, in ways that are accessible for everybody. There is no door and there is no ticket. 
Um, so I would say, we would, so how do we get there? I'd say, like, as with always, third, third, third. So you have a third from the city, you have a third from private foundations, companies, and then you have a third from, from smaller donations from, from everybody. And then that would become sort of, I think that's how you generate that amount. And then you'd have to figure out how you get that back to everybody, to the artists. So I think you would do some sort of grant proposal. But I also think that artists should team up with salespeople, you know, like myself, um, so that like you can kind of like do your project, and and I can kind of get out there and do that. Except I don't have time to do that for <laughs> many more projects. I don't have time to do that for the amount of projects that we need. Um, you know, there's a lot of walls. So I think like we, we need to find the salespeople as well. Yeah, and and that salesperson might not be a Clinton Edminster, but it could be an organization in town, a, a type of nonprofit or something who they are getting funded to do certain things. Uh, some of my first public art jobs that I got were working with the community, especially the youth, finding ways that they could work on the mural also. And I could, like, like the deep thing, like I could go through a process with them and then we present this thing and have this, this landmark at the end of it. So. Uh, those, those companies or those organizations were, were a way that I was able to do it. And, and if you don't have that, yeah, I mean, and you're an artist who really wants to make something, you can come by a chain paint pretty cheap, you know, get the, get the oops paint. I mean, if you really want to make a mural, you, you, can, I mean, you can make it happen pretty, pretty decently if you really got something to say, but you don't have that behind you yet. And, so, and that could be the spark to getting those, those eyes upon you. That's why I was just like, yeah, let me paint this truck, let me paint this wall. Which I know we're not working for exposure, but when I was a student, when I was a student, I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I would love to do that. And I didn't know how to do it yet, or, or how to go about doing it. So I was like, just let me jump out there and then build that momentum off of that. I think, um, does anybody remember two years ago, the city had a campaign about don't pour fats down the drain? Yes. Yeah? So, so they did a big billboard campaign um, each billboard cost, yeah, well you probably missed it because they were really boring, you know, and it's a really important message. There was some money spent on that. Obviously. There was some money spent on that, and how much does that cost the city? Somebody's in a meeting, they're like, wow, there's a lot of fats in these, in these sewer pipes, we've got to do something about it, it's costing us millions of dollars a year. So they decided, okay, we'll do a campaign, we'll pay a little more advertising, we'll pay somebody to print it. an enormous billboard for three grand, the billboard's going to cost $1,000 a month, and we're going to do 10 of them, so it's $40,000 for a campaign. And we're gonna have somebody go on Microsoft Word and have a have a great time, and then that's the design. You know, so they spent like 40 grand on doing a campaign that wasn't really that effective to try to accomplish a problem that's really pretty severe. So I was always thinking, what if they just paid somebody or paid 10 different artists four grand to go on and find cool places around town and paint giant murals about don't pour your fats down the drain. I would love they should to have talked to you. <laughs> I, I'm personally totally there's, there's forty grand out of the hundred fifty. You know, like I don't. I'm personally totally in favor of a, a dedicated funding uh, revenue uh, funding stream. Uh, but again, we can talk about that. But uh, also, Rob, to your point of uh, the vandalism, public art actually decreases vandalism, does not increase vandalism. So let's just let's just remember that. There's this idea that like, oh, if we put a mural up, that's gonna increase like tagging and stuff, and that actually is totally not true. It does the opposite. 
I think that's probably good. Thank you all for, for showing up. Um, but thank you all. Thanks for thank our you. panel for showing thank up. You. Thank, you guys thank you. Thank you.